Thanks for listening to Open the Word. Today, we're throwing it back and dusting off an episode from the archives. We've had some great conversations over a decade of radio ministry that deserve to be heard again. So you might hear some new voices and old references, but we hope you still enjoy these episodes. You found a place to belong here in the Circle of Friends. I'm Missy, and I'm with Beth today. Beth, what a week we've been having. Oh, my. It's been good, Missy. I um, I always walk away from conversations with my friends who love the Lord with a deeper appreciation of who he is and how much he loves me because of the way he's surrounded me with such great people. Um, I am thankful. I am thankful for my my friends who know that when I am, uh, I don't know, hard on myself, yes, or, you know, he- hearing the voice of condemnation that Satan would throw at me. And, and I, I am prone to doing that. I, I have battled a fear of man all of my life. And, and when you have that, then Satan, mm-hmm. he, he puts words and thoughts yeah. in your mind that do not come from the Word of God. And then he, he has this way of twisting it and letting them come out of your mouth in your own voice. So I'm saying it so... I wouldn't say something I didn't believe to be true. So I'm thankful for those friends who, when they hear me um, making those self-deprecating remarks, they say, okay, Beth, is that what God says about, about you? Is that who God says you are? Yeah. Or or if it's a conversation that could tend to go somewhere not good, you know, sitting at the table, just reaching over and putting a hand on the leg or the or, or your friend's hand and saying, okay, stop. This is going somewhere that's not good. I mean, I've had it done to me, and I'm thankful. And I've done it to people that I love. I hope they're thankful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> you know, we are in this together. And it is a the path to um, the road to sin is a downhill road. It, it goes pretty fast. Yeah. It's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. And the thing is, we do we have an enemy who wants us to go in that direction. So he's always, always, always targeting us. We are always under attack. We need to be prepared for that and ready. And if you surround yourself with people who know the Word of God and who love you, uh, mm-hmm. that's an amazing thing because even when they say hard things to hear, it's for your good. Yes. Well, and, and here's the flip side of this. So those, those of us who love the word of God and, um, and know it, sometimes we can sit back, you know, the 200 foot view, it's the armchair quarterback that sees everything the quarterback is doing wrong. And we want to go onto the field that we maybe haven't been invited to and, and call some shots. When we see those things, those places that we haven't been invited to or that that game that we're not a part of, let's say, um, I do believe God is giving us eyes to see things. It, it's that discernment that we pray for, um, for a reason and a purpose. It's not to talk about others. It's not to gossip. It's not to slander. Sometimes, depending on the relationship with the person, it is to go to them immediately and say, hey, wait, whoa. Um, but sometimes it's simply to talk to God and mm-hmm. say, Lord, I'm seeing this, and I think I know where this ends up, and I know I have your word to guide me, and I would love to share it, but I also know that people don't listen to answers to questions they've never asked. Yeah. So, Lord, if this is, if you're calling me to speak into this life, then you know I'm willing 
But if it's not mine to speak to them, to that situation, then thank you for eyes Mm. that you have opened for me to bring this to you because I know you are in the business of changing lives. And and lives that are changed without you are probably going to revert back. But lives that God changes, mm, sold out. Well, and we are, we're back to what our friend Gwen likes to say, position or permission. Right, right. Uh, in order to speak into someone's life, you have that position. As a parent, you certainly have that position. Uh, it's a position of authority. It's a position of of uh, of having the right to speak so mm-hmm. to say, or, or permission. Someone has said, tell me, mm-hmm. Beth, you and I have said to each other, tell me, speak to me. If you right. see anything in me, please come to me. Um, you know, give me a, a boot in the behind if I right. need it, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. that takes, because we know that the wounds of a friend are faithful. And we know that we need sometimes to be very clearly directed by others that know the word of God. And if we're off track to say, Hey, you're off track. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you're headed toward disaster and you may not be able to help every single person by speaking. Mm -hmm. That may not be your, but you can by prayer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Every Mm -hmm. single time. Mm -hmm. And so, and the other thing is, I think out of all of this that we've talked about this week is to remember that, that our job you know, my responsibility as Missy is to search my heart, ask God to search my heart, and and to be ready to hear and to listen, to be that teachable person so that if somebody comes to me and says, Missy, you are, man, you're just, you are way off track. And these are the things I've seen. Then to be able to fall on my face before God and say, oh God, I am so sorry. I see this. You're convicting me in my heart, my mind, and my life. Please help me to change those mm-hmm. things. Now, We've, we've done the principle of criticism before. Sometimes people say things to us, it, and it, it's hard to hear. I think you do need to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, what is truth? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, what, out, of, out of all these things this person has said to me, what do I need to know about myself? And what do I need to change? And what do I simply need to let go of? Right. Right, because not every word that's of advice that's spoken is good advice. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This uh-huh. is true. Well, and again, it comes back to you got to look for the fruit in the life of the person that's speaking into your heart. That's why I choose to surround right. my friends, myself with friends who love the Lord. I, I, you know, and that's not to say I don't have any friends who don't love the Lord, because I, I do. But my closest circle, the ones that I go to, are, are those that I know value, have a high value yeah. on the Word of God. Well, and, and don't misunderstand us, listeners. We're, we're not saying that we can't learn and grow through our, our friends who are not believers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. God uses them all the time in my life uh, and humbles me many times mm-hmm. uh, looking at them and understanding that they're living a life in such a way that m- me, a follower of Christ, may be failing in, and and, and that brings me to my knees because mm-hmm. that reminds me, I have something that they don't. I have the Holy Spirit to help mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, here's the thing. When we are faced with someone coming to us and they tell us something, if we're not open to hearing what God has through that person for us, we could 
just harden our hearts even more. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If God, if if God continues to pour into us through people and circumstance, and is speaking and saying, "No, you're going, Missy. Come on, get. Oh, no, 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 don't go that way." Don't. And I'm just going, "La la la." Well, I just think this is, and I'm I'm going, I'm getting further and further and further away from the Lord, and my heart is getting harder and harder and harder. So suddenly, it's not a still soft voice anymore it's you know it's a hammer over the head that says stop already stop what you're doing because you are going the wrong way you know we talked earlier in the week about challenges and trials and things that come to us and it's it's like god uses that Mm -hmm. to remind us of of our need for him I, i can remember i was a young i was a newlywed we were in bible school and i worked at a uh, and I may have told you this before, I don't know, but I worked in a, a like a fast food restaurant, and there were many of us that were from the same school. Okay. And there were a couple of, of guys there that were in the seminary. There were several of the young girls that were in, in, on the college and the campus. Uh, there was another young married um, person there that was going to school. So there were, it, the environment there was mostly believers mm-hmm. and mostly from the same school. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> I mean, we had fun. It was fun. It was always fun. Uh, You know, you joke around, you kid, you do whatever. And I remember distinctly two different times where, you know, it was almost a sit-down kind of thing. And, in fact, one of the guys there did sit across the table from me, and he just had some words to say that I was, like, mortified by. Uh, Mortified. uh, Because I never saw – I didn't think I was being flirty. I didn't think I was – I was a newlywed. That uh wasn't even in my radar. And yet he said to me, Missy, you're too friendly. Hmm. We are friends. And he was friends with my husband. He said, but – you really need to watch how you behave because as a single man, the, I'm drawn and attracted to you when you do these things, okay? Uh, and I was, Beth, I was mortified, uh, mortified. Uh, and part of me wanted to say, well, that's your problem, buddy. You know, I mean, and yeah. the, you know, the defensive kind of reaction. But the truth of it was, and I, as I walked away from that, and we, we walked away friends, it, and I later was like, thank you, God, for helping me mm-hmm. see beyond my own self and what my actions could do to others. And if I am a true sister in Christ to this gentleman across from me, he's really truly my brother, I'm going to respond and react in such a way that I'm going to help him. I'm going to want to help him mm-hmm. regardless mm-hmm. of, you know, whether it's my right to do this or my right to do that mm-hmm. or, you know, um, it was very important for me to hear those things because I was seeing myself as others were seeing me. Mm-hmm. And that my actions, whether it was, you know, being overly friendly or however, whatever I was doing, if that's the way it was taken and I didn't mean it, that could cause problems for everybody. Mm-hmm. Cause problems right. for me. Right. Pro- you know, right. so I needed to hear that. Uh, it, but it was a great lesson for me too, as a young wife. Um, Cause I, and I've been out in the workplace forever and ever since then, married all my married life. It really helped me through the course of the years looking back because I've seen some workplace situations that, you know, you think, oh, we're just friends. Then you get a little closer, a little closer, and then, you know, things blow up all Mm -hmm. of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Those were wise words, whether I knew them at the time or not. And as hard as that was for me to listen to and to take in and to really, like, know that I needed to change my behavior, I... I went before the Lord and I owned that. I said, okay, Lord, I don't feel like I'm doing this, but he, mm-hmm. he thinks I am and maybe other people think I am. So show me what to do and how to change mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm so thankful for that. Even though I can remember, even now sitting here, I can feel that kind of wash of, oh, mortification. Going, right, oh, no. right. That emotion yeah. that, that you could have allowed to, to fuel your reaction, your response to him. 
but instead you took that emotion to yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, what a great lesson for all of us. Anything that causes a great emotion in us, it, it's a sign to us that this, this has this is something important in my life, right? Anger. When we're angry about something, it's not usually something that doesn't impact or affect us. It's it's something, it's saying this is something important to me. Well, it's what we do with that emotion. You took it to God, and it impacted the rest of your life. We're probably here today because of the choice you made early Mm -hmm. on from the rebuke or wounds Mm -hmm. of a friend. Yes, and they were faithful. It didn't feel like it at the time, but, uh, and again, it, you know, oh, just these important lessons that we learn, even though they're hard to learn to be thankful in them. And I think when it becomes about more than just us, that's what helps us to stay on the path of being humble. You know, Missy, I have some message notes from our church from um, a little while ago. Our pastor repeated an old lesson. I remember hearing this probably 20 years ago, but it's still so valid today. And it's it's taken uh, from a, a message written by Dr. Bruce Wilkinson. And I think, I think that he has since passed on. Um, so this is an old message, but it's a great reminder, and it's the message of the three chairs. What you were talking about before the break, uh, about the, the friend, the friend of your husband and, and yourself who came to you and said, Missy, you know, as a married woman, as a, you've got to stop doing this because it is cute, it's funny, but I feel myself drawn to you, and you don't want to be that. He was a first chair friend, Missy, yeah. who, who recognized that you're choices, your actions could uh, move you into a second chair position. Right. And he wanted you to stay in the first chair. So the three chairs that that Dr. Bruce Wilkinson talks about is um, the chair of commitment, the first chair of commitment, the second chair of compromise, and the third chair of conflict, which Mm. is is what we find when we park ourselves in that third chair. We want it our way. Um, and so we're, we're going to find conflict with people because everybody wants it their way, right? So um, in this particular message, our pastor referenced David and Solomon and uh, Rehoboam as, as look at where they were at in these chairs. Now, King David was a first chair guy. He was a, he was a man after God's own heart. He sinned, but he confessed his sin right? So he had a whole heart for God, and he confessed his sin. His desire was to please God. And his first thought was, what does God think about this? What does God say about this? He was wholehearted. Think about how many times in the word that we are told to be wholehearted. That that was King David's heart for the Lord. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't God, but he was a man after God's own heart. Isn't that what we want to be said she was a woman after God's own heart. Oh, yeah. That's what I want to be said about me. Solomon, David's son, he kind of slid into a second chair. He started out so well asking God for wisdom and, and understanding. And God was like, yeah, and because you've asked for this, you know, there's going to be abundantly more that comes your way. But somewhere along the way, Solomon's heart became more half-hearted. Mm-hmm. Um, he married wives that were from other religions. Disobedience. You know, compromise. Probably justified it in his own mind. Right, right. So instead of confessing his sin, he compromised. And he adjusted 
truth to his life instead of adjusting his life mm, to truth. Yes. His desire was to please people, please himself, and that desire to please God was not first and foremost in his mind anymore. And so he he started thinking, okay, what will they think? Well, if I don't do this or if I... And he his, his focus changed from God-focused to people-focused. Well, then along came Rehoboam, okay? He had no heart for God. None. None. He rejected wise counsel. I mean, he did ask his father's counselors what they thought he should do, and they gave him good counsel. But then he decided to go with the counsel of his peers that sounded more pleasing to him. He pleased self. That was his desire, where his grandfather wanted to please God, and then his dad slid into that second chair of pleasing people. Rehoboam sat in that third chair of pleasing self. And so his, his method of, of um, well, I always say we have to take things through the filter of God's word. Where David, or Sol- David took it through the filter of what does God say. Solomon took it through the filter of what will people think or what will people say. Rehoboam says, what do I think? Hmm. His filter became yeah. himself. Yeah. Well... It did not take him to good places, you know. It did not fare well for his people or for himself. But that's what we are talking about as far as living a life for Christ. It is our desire. There is no doubt in my mind that that we want to be those first chair, wholehearted followers of God. But we live in a fallen world. And the descent into that second chair Hmm. is so easy, especially if we don't have first-chair friends who are saying, whoa, honey, let's bring this back. Let's look at what God's Word says. And if we set ourselves up um, in that second chair and and are just, this is where I'm staunch about where I'm going to stay, I... God's word says this, but this makes me feel better. And if I go according to God's word, what will they think? And when we set ourselves up in that second chair and don't oh, don't allow God to change our hearts fully for him, I think our kids coming behind us yeah. have a real good chance of being third chair kids. And that scares me because that third chair, it leads to a life of conflict of, of being your own God, of never looking, not, not even, you don't even know the truth of God's word uh, according to, you know, your parents speaking it into your life because your parents were in a second chair where they weren't wholeheartedly seeking the word of God, the will of God. And so they compromised and allowed the society mm. to impact their decision making. And so those coming along behind you have have no knowledge of God. Now, I know that God is God, and He can meet us wherever we're at. But, oh, so much better to give our kids a foundation of mm, faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it saves so much heartache and trial and trouble in their lives because we know we know where that leads us when we become our own God and our own filter and our own decisions the voices of the world, the voices of the media, the voices of the social media, of other people, it, they're so loud and clanging 
and it will draw you in in a heartbeat mm-hmm. if you don't mm-hmm. have the strength to fight against if you don't have the strength to fight against it with the word of god because it's god. the word of god that's going to help you to stand firm in the decisions that you make and why you make those decisions and it is a slippery slope beth i've seen it over and over and over again and god absolutely is a god of grace he can take your life wherever it is help you turn around but there's always consequences to choices that we make mm-hmm. both good and bad. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's part of it. So you, you know, to just flippantly say, well, it doesn't matter what I do. I mean, Paul talked about this, you know, he talked about grace and the law. So should we just do whatever we want? God forbid. No, we shouldn't sin because sin is, that's a terrible thing. That's a heartache, not only for God, but for us, it will lead us in a direction that will only cause pain and, mm-hmm. and consequences that are, that not only we will bear, but our children will bear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a battle we all fight. It is. Every day. It is. It is. Uh, and it's a battle that God will fight for us when we surrender to yes. him. Yes. I often go back to Second Chronicles 20. You know that. Jehoshaphat was there and the army was coming against him. And he, he just was very honest. I don't know what to do, God, but my eyes are on you. Yeah. And God said, fear not. I will fight this battle for you. But... Jehoshaphat's part was to be obedient to what God had yeah. called him to. And he was to stand firm. He was to trust God. He was to get his forces ready to fight this battle. But he was to send out his worshipers first. That heart of worship, when we come back to him and surrender our hearts to him with an attitude of praise and worship, he, even if we are firmly planted on the second chair and, and sliding into third, um, when we align ourselves with God and praise him for who he is, we, we can, that uphill journey, <laughs> it's possible with God mm-hmm. by our side. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But as long as I'm working in my own strength, I can't do all things. Mm-hmm. When I recognize I don't have this on my own and I realign myself with him, I have his hand is there waiting to pull me back to that first chair position to where I remember that, God, you are. You are who you say you are. You will do what you have promised to do. I, I'm, I am so thankful for, for the word pictures and, and the analogies that we have in the word of God and from inspired teachers since then. This first, second, third chair position, we see it in band. You know, mm-hmm. I remember being in high school band, first, second, third chair. Well, yeah, you, you kind of wanted to be in that first chair position. But you knew when you were in second, there was somebody that was doing it better than you. But I want to be next to the first chair person for sure, for sure, because you've got things you can teach me. And at some point then, when we're learning those lessons that have to be learned and and have to be used in order to be honed, skilled, skill takes practice, right? Right. Someday we realize that we can be we can be that person that's helping someone else mm. recognize the need for that wholehearted pursuit of God. I was sitting with God a week or so ago, and I said, Lord, you know, your word has just changed my life in, in incredible ways. And I, I, I know there's so much I don't understand, and I want to know you more, and I want to understand your word. But Lord, the gifts that you have given to me through the truth of your word, the the faith, the the peace, 
I want to share that with others. Mm. How do I share it? And, you know, I'm learning. I'm learning as I cry out to God, I need to be still and listen for his voice. And in those sweet moments following, he reminded me of a verse that I didn't know the chapter. I didn't know the book or the chapter or verse number of it at the time. But he reminded me of the truth of his word that I have read many times, always be ready to give an answer. Mm. I was like, yeah, okay. Okay, Lord, I know that. I have to always be ready to give that answer. So I looked it up. It's First Peter chapter 3, verse 15, and it says, Always be prepared to make a defense or to give an answer to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Mm. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Mm. So this is what I took away and what I share with you today. We are to always be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us. That hope is Jesus Christ alone. We know him better through the truth of his word. But what we have to wait for is the ask. Because people rarely listen to answers to questions they haven't asked. When we have that opportunity to share our hope, Folks, let's do it with gentleness and respect. The love of Christ in me allows me to share the answer for my hope, the hope of this world, and that's Jesus. He's given us a place to belong, and we get to share that with the people in our circle of influence. Have a great afternoon. Shine bright for Him. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia's Style Boutique for your perfect outfit, everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse, to transitional design. Then, meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.